Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's Power Rankings Podcast, aka the Power Ranking Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I'm pleased to be joined with at Marcus underscore Mosher, who recently edited our intro music. That was very abrupt. It just yeah, went out. Yeah, we got things to do. Let's uh, let's go. You got to master the fade out, bro. You got to master the slow. I got it. Fade no, out. We're we're fine. Yeah. Okay. So we did our uh, mock one or mock draft for the first round call it the first half of the first round. We did picks one through 16. We did that on Wednesday. And now we're coming back with picks 17 through 31. The Miami Dolphins do not have a first round pick, uh, a penalty from the ownership situation that happened. What when was that? Like a year and a half ago now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So no first round pick for the Dolphins. Uh, but we're going to start at pick number 17. Marcus, you had a lot of interesting picks, I thought, especially with Washington at 16. You had them not taking a quarterback. That's where we left off. Uh, so let's go to pick 17. What do we got? Who's on the board? It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was going to give us a recap here, but no, you got to go listen to the first episode. That's the way we're going to make <laughs> yeah. you go back and download the first episode. So Stingy, bro. if your team drafted in the top 16, I'm sorry. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at 17. They've got a need at cornerback. No team loves NFL bloodlines more than the Steelers. So why not take Joey Porter Jr., the son of Pro Bowl linebacker Joey Porter? I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be a star. He's long. He's athletic. He's got the perfect mentality for a Pittsburgh Steeler corner. NFL bloodline sounds like a, a, a partnership between like AMC and a sports network. No, like, yeah. I don't know, like vampires playing football. Steelers lost Cam Sutton. Uh, he signed with Detroit in the offseason. I don't know mm -hmm. if that factored into your yes, uh, think, thinking here. Uh, we talked the other day about you can always use, if you've got two decent corners, now you want a third uh, because you're going to have to have it. Um, but the problem for Pittsburgh, man, is they're still the weakest team in that division. They're going to have to get this draft right. All right. Uh, that's pick 17. Let's go to pick 18. Yeah, pick 18, the Detroit Lions. Uh, we had them taking a corner at number six. Now we go back to offense. I've got them taking Michael Mayer, a tight end from Notre Dame. Okay. I think he's the best tight end of the class. He's so well-rounded. He catches everything. I know they just traded away TJ Hawkinson. And it's like, why draft another tight end? But it's a huge need for them. And he makes that offense just a little bit more explosive. Isn't that a little weird, though, that this team did, did draft a tight end who was remarkably productive, and he's in the same division, and now you're going back to the well again? I have to admit, that that strikes me as a little... It, it, it is odd. Now, the way that you could play it is, hey, you got four years of production at TJ Hawkinson. You flipped him for a second-round pick, and you didn't have to pay a contract. Now, you can give him a first. You know, you got him on a rookie contract. You can continue to play him. I think he's a better prospect than Hawkinson. He just gives hmm. a, Jared Goff another reliable target. Strong words there, because Hawkinson was considered a really good prospect, yep. and he's been a good player both in Detroit and uh, Minnesota. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, I like it. The Lions making some moves here. Uh, let's go to pick number nineteen. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which oh, I mean, throw excited. a throw a dart. They have a need <laughs> yeah, right. spot now. Not going to reveal the three quarterbacks that went ahead in our mock. You you need to go back and listen to that episode. But there was one quarterback that didn't get picked. 
And that's Will Levis from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I have him following all the way down here to 19 to Tampa Bay. This team does okay. have a lot of weapons on offense. Um, they have Baker Mayfield on a one-year deal. Why not take a mid-round pick on on Will Levis and just see? Because if if it doesn't work out and you're drafting at number one next year, you can take a quarterback there. But if it does work out, that's a quick way to kind of reset this franchise. Uh, do you think he could beat out Baker Mayfield? Yes, I do. Yeah, you don't like Baker Mayfield at all. Marcus uh, it just, a, it's just yeah. I don't think that that would be such a stretch that he couldn't do it. There's only one quarterback that Marcus hammers more than Baker Mayfield, and that is Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's Kenny go Pick- to uh, Kenny Pickett, right? Let's go to pick number 20, the Seattle Seahawks uh, on the board. Successful yeah. season for them uh, last year. Uh, maybe the weakest playoff team, but who cares? They don't need a quarterback, though. At least they, we don't they, don't, they don't need a quarterback, and uh, they do need a pass rush. That's one of Seattle's biggest needs. And when I think of the Seahawks, I, I just I don't think of them as a team that gets caught up on we need a guy that's six foot five, 275 pounds. In fact, they drafted the first what sub 250 pound edge rusher that I remember mm-hmm. in Bruce Irvin. Mm-hmm. Was that back in mm-hmm. the 2012 draft? Mm-hmm. I've got them taking Nolan Smith, an edge rusher from Georgia. Okay. Six okay. two, two thirty-eight, but ran a four three nine forty yard dash. Explosive, explosive, explosive. You know, don't I know you get so into the combine drills. When it comes to pass rusher, does the 40 time really, should that matter as much as say the cone drill when we're talking about they need short area quickness Correct. and arms to get off of blocks. And they need that 10 yard split, right? How fast can you yeah. get off the blocks, which he was number one in the class. Just, he is so explosive all over the place. And it just seems like that's the guy that they've been missing on their defensive line. Okay. This next pick, I think this is where Miami would have picked uh, actually, uh, but we got the Chargers at pick number 21. We both like them as a playoff team this year. What could they do? Well, what do you have them doing to fortify them right now? I, I'm hoping it's a guy that could start for them right away. I'm curious. Yes. I went wide receiver, Zay Flowers. Now he's a smaller receiver, 5'9", 180 pounds, but he's got juice, man. Running a 440 yard dash. You can play him in the slot, play him on the outside. Elliot, at this point, we just can't trust Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to nope. stay healthy. They've got to bring in somebody else. Not to mention, they're not burners. Th- no. th- th- these aren't no. small receivers that are going to fly for you. These are big guys that that uh, Keenan Allen's a great route runner. Great route runner. One mm-hmm. of the best. Mike Williams the kind of guy that even if he's covered sometimes, he can catch the ball. What you need is a guy that's got great quickness, that can separate. They really haven't had a lot of that there, uh, I was going to say, in San Diego or Los mm-hmm. Angeles. I'm I'm not mad at that, but I could see the Chargers going defense. You I know, well. they yeah, because they've got some players that are getting older and injury prone players. They had Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. I'm just wondering if they would hit the front seven. Uh, I, then again, you've taken so many of those guys off the board, right? And then on top of that, they've got so many other picks on day two and day three. I think that's where you add in your depth. But if you want somebody that can make an impact right away on offense, I think Flowers is a guy because four-year starter at Boston College, played in the slot, played in the outside. You could put him in the backfield. He just seems like the perfect type of guy that new offensive, Kel- or offensive coordinator Kellen Moore would love. 
Well, you talk about wide receivers. One team that uh, that a lot of people thought would be in the market for wide receiver, the Baltimore Ravens. They kind of solved that, we think, by signing Odell Beckham. They're here at pick 22. What do you have them doing? I've got them taking another receiver. Remember, this is not the Greg Roman offense that's going to use one and two wide receivers. They're going to the Todd Munkin offense that's going to use three and four wide receiver sets. So you've got Odell, who hasn't stayed healthy. You've got Rashad Bateman who hasn't stayed healthy. You uh, need to add somebody else. I've got them taking Jordan Addison, a two-time Bolitnikoff award winner. I think the best pure route runner in the class and somebody who fits very, very well into this offense. Just so you guys all know, Fred Bolitnikoff from the same part of the country, Marcus is He's very PA, proud man. of that. Yeah. Fred Bolitnikoff, great player. Look him up. Hall of Fame uh, Raiders wide receiver coach for a long time too. Fred Blitnikoff, uh, yep. like that award. All right, pick number 23, staying with the purple, going to Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings are an intriguing team because I don't know that they're going to be as strong this year as they were last year, but I still like the personnel of this team. And when you look at the quarterbacks around the NFC, they still have one of the premier yeah. quarterbacks in this conference. What do you think Minnesota could do right now? I I think they have to hit the defensive side of the ball. You don't have them yes. drafting yeah, I, a receiver. No, no. I, okay. How many years Thank in goodness. a row does it feel like Minnesota has drafted a cornerback in round one? <laughs> I mean, a million I, of them, right? I, for some reason with the Vikings, I always remember the picks they missed on, I, which is not good because they've, they've had a lot of good first round mm -hmm. picks over the years, but I always remember the bad ones. So tell me that this one's going to be decent. Uh, I'm going with Deontay Banks, a cornerback from Maryland. Listen, he's an athlete, 6'2", 200 pounds, runs in the four threes. I, I don't know how polished Jeez he is, Louise. but they need cornerback help. They lost Patrick Peterson. They bought, brought in Byron Murphy. Let's call that a wash, even though I like Murphy maybe a little bit better. They still have massive issues at corner. That defense couldn't have stopped. It couldn't stop anybody last year. I think Banks at least gives them another athletic option. Uh, Peterson had a renaissance season for them last year. Kind of, you know, uh, the, because of the Justin Jefferson catch against Buffalo, I think people forget Peterson's really key red zone interception yep. in that game. You're talking about a six foot two, 200 pound corner that can run like that. I think every team would want to have an okay. athlete like that at corner. The key is, is the tape good? Yep. Uh, next one, Jacksonville Jaguars at 24. I actually love what Jacksonville has done this off season, which is a lot of nothing, right? They they made their big moves last year, and now it's what's goodness. your big move? Yeah, let's show me it. the big move. Yeah, <laughs> sorry that that's a crazy stupid love reference. Uh, my bad. Yeah, offseason continue to build around Trevor Lawrence. I've got them taking Broderick Jones, a twenty year old left tackle from Georgia. Remember, they lost J1 Taylor, their right tackle. He left to yeah. go side of the massive deal with Kansas City. Yep. Cam Robinson's an okay left tackle. Walker Little stepped in and was fine at right tackle. You just continue to invest in the offensive line because if you keep Trevor Lawrence upright, he's going to tear defenses apart. Yeah, it was pretty impressive what Jacksonville was able to do late last year. They had offensive line injuries. I think Cam was one of the guys that got hurt, and yet they went on a little mini run at the end mm -hmm. of the year. They, they uh, came back against the Chargers. Uh, obviously, they lost their right tackle because Kansas City lost their tackles. Um, you're so excited about the Jags offseason that you have them going like nine and eight. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I think they could be a better team than what they were last year and still have the same record. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. One team you think is probably not going to be in the playoffs again are the New York Giants, but they have a playoff first round yes. pick at 25. Um, 
you know, I thought the front played well for the Giants defensively, but I think their secondary could use some help. Yep. I think they could use help at wideout. Uh, and I think they could use some more help on the offensive line. So what'd you do? Well, you you and I had the same thought. Like corner to me is their number one need. Mm-hmm. Dory Jackson's their number one corner, and he can't stay healthy. The problem is, Elliot, there's just not a cornerback that's worthy yeah. of the spot. So I pivoted to wide receiver. Quentin Johnston from TCU, 6'2", 210 pounds. I think he's probably the best run-after-catch receiver in this class. And I think Brian Dable knows how to scheme an offense for a quarterback where you just get the ball into the hands of your most explosive playmakers. I think Johnson fits that bill for New York. Yeah, you took the good corners off the board already in this mock draft. Now, this kid was one of the guys that you and Chad had as one Mm -hmm. of your lightning rod kind of first-round picks. So does that scare you here? A little bit in terms of where he should be. Yeah, a a little bit. I think this is the range, though. And I think Brian Dable is the kind of coach that can get uh, the most out of him. We saw him take Gabriel Davis in Buffalo and turn him into a useful player. I think he's way more talented than Davis. And frankly, the Giants have to get an outside receiver during this draft. So tell me, what's his biggest strength and what's your concern about him? What, why is he a lightning rod prospect in your mind? His biggest strength is once you get the ball in his hands. He's a Debo Samuel-like player. Like He's mm-hmm. absolutely awesome in the open field. He's got long speed. He's physical. The problem is, is his, he drops a ton of passes. He doesn't come from a, an offense that runs great routes. And you're going to have to manufacture him touches. So I think if he goes into some of these offenses that are really complex, he could struggle. But again, Brian Dable knows how to make things simple for his, his quarterback and his wide receivers. I agree. We still, I mean, you know, Daniel Jones shows glimpses, but really Daniel Jones's best, you know, I, I think asset is still his legs and his Absolutely. ability to make plays off schedule. And so it, I kind of wish that this player was going to a little bit more accurate quarterback. I don't want to see Daniel Jones as inaccurate. Yes. He just hasn't made a lot of hay throwing the ball. No, but so at the far. same, but at the same time, what I like about this fit is that, you can throw him a drag route, you know, three yards mm-hmm. behind the line of scrimmage, and he can turn take it, it into seven, 10. Yeah, it can take it to 10, 17 yards. Layup yeah. throws for Daniel Jones to build his confidence and get him into a rhythm. Yeah, I think the Giants are like our Washington of the first round. Mm-hmm. We spend one minute on all the teams, and we spent like five. That's fine. On Washington, kind of like the Giants here. Okay, let's go stay in the NFC East. Uh, let's go to the Cowboys at 26. Yeah, Steve Avila, uh, uh, an offensive guard slash tackle from TCU. He started games at all five positions. At, at TCU, 330 pounds, plays with a lot of power. It doesn't look like the Cowboys have a need at offensive line right now, but Tyler Biotis going into the final year of his deal, yeah. Tyron Smith in the final year of his deal, Terrence Steele. We never know about Zach Martin when he's going to retire. Seems like a good proactive pick for Dallas. Yeah, well, Terrence Steele, we should say, coming off of a major injury that was suffered, what, late in the season or at yep. least past the midway point. And going um, into the final year of his contract. Right, right. And I think the Cowboys, you never know when you're going to have injuries. And so if you have a lineman that can play, like a swing lineman that can play multiple positions, they're extremely valuable for your Mm -hmm. team. It's kind of like having that sixth man in the NBA that can play small forward, that can play shooting guard, can do different things for you. Um, I think the Cowboys need off the ball backer. I think they're going to look at wide receiver uh, in this draft. But I really think, Marcus, they need an interior defensive lineman did you not feel like there was anybody worthy of this pick that you still had on your board i 100 percent agree with the need like if you could tell me all things being perfect if they could grab just that 325 pound nose tackle yes that can stop the run and get a little bit of pressure 
that just those guys don't really exist in college football all that often. So I think that's the ideal pick. It just didn't happen here. Yeah, they're relying on what Jonathan Hankins coming back. Yep. They lost Carlos yep. Watkins. Uh, you know, just a little bit of concern over the Cowboys. Uh, not as much concern with the Bills, who are next up at uh, 27, but the Bills need to take the next step. They kind of regressed mm-hmm. a little bit, losing the divisional round. I think a lot of people had them as a Super Bowl team. Do you get Von Miller some help here? What did you do? I looked at edge rusher. I looked at wide receiver, but ultimately I went with an off-the-ball linebacker. They lost Tremaine Edmonds in free agency. And I went with just a safe, reliable pick. Jack Campbell, a linebacker from Iowa, 6'5", 250 pounds, ran the four sixes, had elite shuttles. Um, He just makes every tackle. And he can play both linebacker spots. It seems like this is going to be like just a really solid double to get the Bills another quality starting player. Is this your first linebacker off the board? It is. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Marcus, if you think running backs don't matter, start talking to him about off the ball linebackers. But Buffalo lost a great linebacker in free agency to the Chicago Bears. So I, I, I like this pick. I'm down with it. Uh, let's go to number 28. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a team that I like as a Super Bowl team. I could see a lot of places that they can go. I think they need a running back, but I don't see them doing that at the end of the first round. Do they, do they look at fortifying the offensive line or the defensive line, or do you have them doing something different? This is my favorite pick of the draft. So I, I need a little bit of a runway here. The Bengals don't really have a dynamic tight end, right? Hayden Hurst was fine last year. He left in He's free gone. agency. He's in Carolina. They, yeah. they signed Irv Smith, who's really more like of an H-back, who you kind of move around a little bit, also coming off an injury. What I would like to see here is somebody who is big, physical and can help in both the run game and the pass game because the Bengals like to be so balanced. So I went with Georgia tight end, Darnell Washington, six foot seven played at 280 pounds for Georgia last year, ran a four, six, four 40 yard dash an mm. absolute bulldozer as a blocker. You could line them up uh, on the offense. You know, it, he gives you a huge advantage, like in the goal line, because he blocks like an offensive lineman, but he can also go out and catch, catch passes. Yeah. I think he gives Cincinnati a really interesting dynamic weapon in the passing game. Could you see them circling back around and getting a running back with their next yes, pick? Absolutely. I, yeah. Yes. I just don't think you want to do it at pick 28. I wouldn't mind it though. If they got a, uh, another defensive, like interior lineman, Yes. Uh, strengthen that rotation. I still think the AFC North is going to run the heck out of the football, uh, but I like this pick. It's cool. Uh, let's go to number 29, uh, the New Orleans Saints. Oh, man. How do I, how do I feel about this? <laughs> I never know what the Saints are going to do. Uh, the, I don't know how many games they're going to win. I don't know. Who they they might pick. trade three first-round picks to move up like 14 spots and go grab a defensive end or something wild. That's yeah, right. from Wichita State. Yeah, who knows? Uh, the UTSA third round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have them taking Osiris Torrance, who I think is the best pure offensive guard in this class. I think the Saints kind of want to run the ball a little bit more this year and use Derek mm-hmm. Carr like in the play action game. Sure. I think the offensive line was not as good last year as it's been in previous seasons. And I think O'Torrance, uh, Osiris O'Torrance uh, helps them there. Yeah, you don't really see a lot of guards go in the first 10 picks of a no. draft you know it's not really but but we're talking them way down the line here we're at 29 it's a mm-hmm. great spot to take uh what you're calling the best pure guard in the draft yes. i you know if i were the saints i'd run the ball more i don't want to put it all on Derek carr's shoulders mm-hmm. and i actually would lean on that defense a little bit more and you could do that by running the ball having less possession so uh i, I see the strategy there um 
at number 30, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Now we already had a pick for the Eagles. It's an embarrassment of riches. It seems like for them, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Philadelphia, I think you could go so many different spots. It's really a matter of will that player that's selected at number 30, be able to get on the field and contribute the way other first rounders will, yep. because uh, the Eagles starting 22 is pretty good. It is. Uh, now, the one spot that's a little bit up in the air for them is safety. Mm-hmm. They lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in free agency. Yep. They lost Marcus Epps. So I have them taking the best safety in this class, Brian Branch yep. from Alabama, who's not even really a safety. He played slot corner for Alabama, played a little bit of linebacker for them, just plays all over. He's kind of that jack-of-all-trades defensive back. But that's exactly what Philly needs. Like They need somebody who can play in the slot that can move around a little bit I think here at pick 30, it's a, it's a great fit for them. So this is the part of Marcus's mock draft where you fall into the same trap. All the mock drafters do. I call it the Lego thing where you're trying to put together your Lego castle. And well, I'll tell you what happened. Try, I, you know, I think Brian branch is a top 25 player. in this. I was going to ask you, wouldn't he go earlier? Yeah, yeah. Right. But I think the part the safety value is just gone down the last few mm-hmm. years. And we've seen it in free agency. But I think he, it also helps Philly, who's trying to win right now. I think he's a day one starter for them. Yeah, well, safety is about the only spot because uh, they're pretty. I don't they're know if any team has a, st- a stronger twenty-two than Philadelphia, but safety would be the weakest spot for them. Uh, all right, Super Bowl champs at thirty-one, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I could see a lot of spots for them. You know, I I would not mind if they retooled. I keep talking about offensive and defensive line, but with a lot of these contenders, they do need help there. I'd have no problem if the chiefs uh, took secondary help. I'd have no problem if the chiefs took a wide receiver. I wouldn't even be mad at the chiefs for taking a running back. Although I know you hate running backs in the first round. So what did you do? I have them beefing up their interior defensive line by taking Brian Brzee, uh, a guy from Clemson who listen, I think two years ago would have been a top three or four pick but he tore his ACL in 2021 came back in 2022 first game of the season looked awesome. And then his sister died at the age of 14, seven Mm. days later, he got strep throat and it developed into a kidney issue and he gained 45 pounds of water weight in three days because they were trying to flush his kidneys in the hospital. He played at like 335 pounds the rest of the season. He's really like a 285 pound defensive lineman. Uh, but by the end of the season, finally looked healthy, shed all that water weight, and was absolutely dominant. I think that's the type of pick Kansas City sh- Kansas City should be looking to make here because he could be a huge impact player on their defense. Yeah, and I, I think there's just too many times that, you know, the, it's almost like, hey, let's sit around and wait for Chris Jones to make a play in the interior. Yeah. It'd really help if Kansas City had two really strong players on the inside. Not to mention Chris Jones is starting to get a little bit exactly. older. Yep. Would he come out in 16 or 17? 16. Yep. 16. So this is going to be year eight for him. I'm not saying he's you know hitting the wall, but I, I like this pick. I get it. Interior defensive line and interior offensive line. I mentioned him several times on this podcast. They're not sexy picks. But man, they win you games Absolutely. straight up. They yes. win you games. Uh, I love the idea who you had taking the best guard off the board. Uh, the Saints, the Saints. right at what yep. 29? Yep. Yeah, that's a good solid pick. We're at the end of the first round. This is darn near a second round pick getting a quality defensive tackle. Again, I think Dallas should do this. Um, I know why you did what you did there, but to me, that's their biggest need. I have a okay. sneaking feeling that the Cowboys are going to take a wide receiver 
And I really wonder if the Chiefs wouldn't take a wide receiver as well. I think it depends um, on the guy, right? We ended up having yeah. four or five receivers come off the board in this mock. If right. if they're able to pick the third or fourth guy, wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked at that at all. Well, this is where your draft becomes your Lego castle, right? Because it's really easy for me to say, yeah, this team, I could see them taking a wide receiver. Well, if the best guys are off the board, you don't want to take a guy that you have, you know, as the 75th best player in the country and take them at pick 31. So Correct. it's all prevalent on, on what are predicated on what every other team does. But uh, uh, I think the back half is a lot more intriguing than the first half because you really mm-hmm. don't know what a lot of these teams are going to do. And again, if you didn't catch that podcast, we did picks one through 16. Uh, Marcus got them all right, except for Washington. Uh, on Wednesday, but, uh, that's my final thought, sir. I give you the floor. One of the reasons why I like the back half of the first round better is because if a couple of these teams just nail the pick like the chargers, let's use them. If Zay flowers is a thousand yards as a rookie and gives them a bunch of home run plays and he's a reliable receiver, all of a sudden we're thinking about the chargers as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And I think there's quite a few of these teams uh, that if they make the right round one pick could change their destiny this season. Right. And I think the difference there too, just to, to piggyback that point is with the TCU receiver, you had him going to the giants and with Daniel Jones, it's, it's hard to get as excited about that as you would a wide receiver going to play with Justin Herbert. Yes. And yes. I, I hate to bear it down to low hanging fruit like that, but that's just the truth of the NFL. I mean, it, it's so dependent and contingent on your distributor. Um, it, and with it, Justin it, Herbert, it's a, it's a easy fit. And I would also mention Buffalo. We got them taking Jack Campbell. What if Campbell just has one of these awesome rookie linebacker seasons that we've seen yeah. before yeah. and him and Matt Milano are just way more consistent than Edmonds and Milano were last year. Maybe that's yeah. what takes that Buffalo defense to the next level. And it happens. Brian Urlacher, great rookie season. Patrick Willis, great rookie season. Luke Keekley, great rookie uh, Chris Borland, Leighton Vander Esch, yeah. uh, Bobby Wagner uh, had helped Seattle get to the playoffs. So that's not that far fetched. So I like, that, especially if it's the best linebacker mm-hmm. off the board, which I'm surprised the Marcus didn't go in the fifth round uh, knowing him, but uh, you can get more draft takes like this. Uh, if you head over to locked on Cowboys, we'll see what he said. He probably said somebody different for the Cowboys first round pick. Cause that's the way he does things. He does that with Landon, content. Landon a follow. Yeah, different, exactly. He's got to feed the base. He's got to complain about officiating. Uh, he covers the Raiders for Raiders Wire. He's very excited about uh, their quarterback over there. Please listen to that. And he also writes for PFF.com. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. And maybe we'll do a second round mock draft. Who knows? Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend.